understand that because I have to say we had a we had a TA leader that was talking to us, not one of our members. So TA leader at an organization, um, we weren't quite sure if they were a fit or not. So we're kind of sitting on it, but uh, they do all their leadership meetings. He said in VR. Yeah. And so I, you can credit them with me going out and buying uh, some VR, a set of VR. And, yeah. and I tried to connect with another TA leader where we, you know, you do the, um, you do the whiteboard and 3D space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt, not productive. It was not productive for us. And, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. I think that the... Well, so I'm a VR nerd. Let's go ahead and, and wind back. So I, I'm a I'm an aspiring nerd. I'm right behind you. I'm trying yeah. to learn VR. Well, so in 2012, I actually helped uh, with the Kickstarter that became Oculus. Um, yep. And so then I got the the test unit in 2014, and then Facebook. I want to say it was 2015. Ended up buying Oculus for what it was a billion dollars at the time. And yep. like I know that the traditional press and everything was saying like, okay, why did they overpay so much for Oculus? And the minute you try it on, in my mind, and this was back when it wasn't very good, it was like a roller coaster simulator was the most impressive right, thing. Right. Um, I got it immediately. And I think that the potential for where it's going is, is far in advance, but there are so many companies starting to just kind of lay the foundation now. Um, I do think that uh, once the hardware becomes more mainstream, and there becomes a little bit more familiarity with how to manipulate around there because there is a little bit of learning curve, um, particularly on the new Oculus because you got two handsets and they do different yep. things. Um, I think that that uh, it is an ideal use case for a lot of HR situations. I'm gonna go ahead and say training may not end up being one of them, but when it comes to situational assessments and when it comes to uh, like interviews, um, I, I think that there's a lot of promise in at least the betas I've seen. Uh I would agree. I think there's a tremendous amount of potential, but I also think it's got to become less cumbersome. It's got to, it's just, you're putting a tank on your head for the <laughs> most part with this thing and it's heavy and it's, but, but from what I have seen, I don't, and if you're a super nerd on this, you'll get it. The, um, I've started to see some stuff come up where you, you are in your real environment yeah, and, and it's augmenting that. So like you yes. can, you can drill a hole into your living room floor and jump into that. And then you're in a whole other world. And then eventually you climb back out and you've never left this 10 foot space yeah. in the living room, but it's just, your mind just goes crazy. Yeah, no, and that's the AR is sort of, I would say the stepping point between the two, but Apple's coming out with their new AR um, headset. I believe they said uh, September. And I think that's going to push adoption up. Uh, Oculus already has that capability uh, obviously, but um it's interesting because do you remember layer yeah. back like we it, honestly the technology is the exact same and so my question is because it's so cool how come it hasn't gotten adoption yet and that's the thing i can't really understand other than it's maybe a pain it's, in the ass. it's a pain in the ass to use that's why it, it, it is a pain in the ass to use but it's also really fun um is what i'll say you can sit courtside for nba games because they stream those so it's like you know being in jack nicholson seats for the lakers well, now we talk about yeah yeah huge yeah. i could i could see that yeah sport but i could see it for training but i think it's got a little ways to go yeah it does a little ways to go are you uh, are you ready to jump in let's do it all right here we go welcome to the cxr channel our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management listen in as the cxr community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting engaging and retaining the best talent we're glad you're here
every time, every time, every time I say we're going to get rid of that music, and then I just I find myself bopping to it. Look, welcome to another edition of CXR Community Podcast, where we bring industry leaders and friends uh, together to kind of talk about what's going on uh, in the talent and recruiting space, and where uh, we sometimes just sit down for a few to connect and catch up with you, the watcher, listener, and the peanut gallery. So if you happen to dial in live today, uh, we are streaming on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or the website at cxr.org slash podcast. Uh, and if you do see a chat window, please use it to say hello. Drop in your profile link, ask us a question, or just drop in a comment. That does go a long way uh, sort of towards the conversation. And frankly, let us know this thing's even working. Uh, today, I am pleased to introduce to you uh, a friend, an industry dude that goes way back. Uh, probably, yeah, probably one of the most talented writers and just insightful guys, clearly, in our space, and he's fun to talk with. I want to tell everybody, just give a little hello, welcome to Matt Charney. Matt, how are you? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you here. We also, we're going we're gonna to do Double Trouble, uh, j who just popped into the green room, uh, is Mr. Oh, no. Let's oh, get no. Mr. Crispin in here. Hello, Jerry. Hello. <laughs> Jerry, good to see you. Matt, it's great to see you anytime. I, I wish I wish it was more frequently, but say la vie. It's 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 good to have you dialing in. Now I feel like I'm on. Chris and I were just talking, but to the Godfather of Soul over well, here. Well, so. I was I was listening in the backstage. It took me a while to get here. Apparently, wow. I didn't know my password. <laughs> happens happens to, happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. Matt, for the for those who maybe don't know you, uh, why don't you give us kind of an escalator pitch of of sort of who who is Matt Charney? Um, Matt Charney is somebody who refers to them as elevator pitches, which is what I assume you wanted. Um, so, uh, yeah, my name is Matt Charney, and I am the uh, talent acquisition community leader at HR.com, uh, which is a big title that basically means that I oversee all talent acquisition related events, uh, content, and community, um, and anything auxiliary touching that for HR.com. Um, People aren't familiar with that, uh, probably are. It's even older than I am. And it is uh, about 2 million members, the largest uh, clearing site for, for certification um, for HR professionals in the world. Um, and so prior to that, uh, you know, I've been essentially in the same role, but with different uh, people paying for my paycheck for, you know, well over a decade now, um, essentially um, just covering the talent acquisition space um, and uh, working in marketing leadership roles um, and publishing about uh, the exact same topics we continue to talk about. So, you know, uh, 10 years, 10 years in that. I would say, so Matt, I think we met in probably 2009. I can tell you exactly when we met. It was in Boston at Recruit Fest. Yeah. So 2010, I was so close. So 2010, you were still at Monster. You were the social media engagement manager. Uh, you're either uh, looking at my LinkedIn profile. Or I'm impressed, but yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So you have been, uh, you've been a director of marketing. You have been yeah. a chief content officer. You have been a strategy leader, an executive editor. But look, I know you started to get into it, Matt. But what the hell is a TA practice leader at HR.com? Right. So HR.com's like interesting in the fact that it, you know, Sherm's kind of coming around. I don't want to like disparage, but uh, essentially HR and recruiting. I think we can agree are very different audiences, both in interest and I would say persona uh, to call on my marketing titles. Yes. And essentially um, what uh, is 
you know, uh, entity that's mostly uh, about professional training, uh, development, and making sure that people are equipped to have the skills to succeed. Um, the owner, Deb McGrath, who um, is watching this right now, I'm sure. So hi, Deb. Uh, she has eyes. There's everywhere. seven watchers, so we can say hi to Deb and, and the six others. <laughs> <laughs> Six, six watchers. Those are the committed people, right? Um, so uh, anyway, Deb um, decided that, you know, she wanted to increase the amount of talent acquisition content, uh, as well as, you know, uh, people in the space. Obviously, there's a big demand um, from the vendor side to, to kind of pick up the, the TA stuff. And so, you know, I came in. So my kind of recurrent responsibilities are um, and I didn't even know this before I joined, and I've been an HR.com member for 10 years. Uh, we put out a magazine called TA uh, Excellence every single month. And so I'm responsible for, for editing and helping to compile that. Um, we do uh, state of the industry reports, and I generally have four of those hanging out at any one point in time. So uh, right now I'm finishing one on uh, high volume and hourly recruiting. And those are informed by advisory boards, which I run. So in that particular case, we have kind of half vendors. Um, so, you know, like the COO of, uh, of Fountain and um, uh, the CEO of Paradox. Uh, on the other side, we have like the person who runs talent acquisition for, for Whole Foods, uh, one who runs it for Walmart. So uh, sort of like you, except vendors are invited for the dialogue. We put together a survey, complete it, send it out, um, and uh, then we turn it into a white paper, infographic, and a virtual event. We also are starting to launch live events, um, so we have our next one coming up in Nashville in October. Oh, I love that. So so let's talk about, let's come back to that, because I want to talk about the events. You've got a, a podcast, I think, or a webinar coming up with Danny soon. I want to I make sure we mention that, because I think that's going to definitely be worth, worth jumping on for folks, but like... Doing, Matt, it sounds like, and consuming uh, lots of research in our space. You're networking with SMEs. You're building, I think you said you're building advisory boards. You are facilitating. You're talking shop. So so if we were going to ask you in today's snackable 20-minute segment or so, um, what do you think TA leaders, specifically talent acquisition leaders, what do you think they should sort of be paying attention to right now? Uh, the economy. Um, <laughs> no, no, little, little bro. <laughs> well, they generally tend not to. It's as a lagging indicator, to be honest with you, which is why you have higher increases in, in other things because of lack of forward planning. But look, um, I think that we're still in a place in talent acquisition where we're starting to, or we continue to be overly occupied with uh, making uh, it complex and adding complexity. So, you know, technology. Um, headcount and specialization and all that sort of thing. And we really aren't focusing a tremendous amount on recruiter training and capability. And so that to me is what I think the, the leading departments, interestingly enough, have focused on and didn't necessarily have the amount of turnover that you saw at large within the sector, um, the companies that really have invested in training and recruiter enablement. But what's going to inevitably happen is another hiring slowdown. You're going to have a huge wave of professionals drop off, then we have to rehire them, then we have to train again, as opposed to building up capabilities within the function, things like talent planning, uh, career development, coaching, um, even you know being able to do some of the outplacement activities that will generally go third party. So I think that we're at a really good inflection point as we have all these people who've entered the profession, as you know, recruiting was one of the, I believe it was you know after you take your healthcare and big data sort of jobs was, was top in terms of career growth over Q1, um, I think you have a real chance to um, 
take away the platform stuff, take away the highly abstract theoretical conversations we like to have and really like focus on the basics and um, build uh, capability within the function of people who are looking at this not as a stepping stone or some existential crisis like I did, uh, but actually as a career. Um, and, and I think that, that training and building up those internal capabilities are really important because even if you know my company's not hiring or retracting, um, I think that the skills of good talent acquisition professionals um, can continue to build up both retention as well as business of performance. So it, it, it's interesting that you say that because it seems to me that what Jerry and I have seen, and I won't speak for you, Jerry, obviously chime in, but what, what, what I think we've seen in the last, especially six months, and it's not that we didn't say it two and a half years ago, but especially in the last six months, we've heard a lot of leaders saying, I, I have to get back to the basics. Yeah, I got to go back to blocking and tackling. I've got to start having, I got to build those blocks, those those skills, those basic recruiting skills back. And I've got to stop chasing, which is really funny because on the front end of the show, we're talking about a shiny bobble, right? With this VR yeah. piece, but I got to sit down and start doing recruiting again. Yeah, right. 100%. And um, I have done a lot of uh, employer training and getting a lot of requests in. And it used to be for things like con uh, consulting about which RPA, like so chatbot or, um, you know, AI solution they should buy. Now it's as simple as can you tell my recruiters how to stop getting ghosted? And like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like not even 101. That's like, that's some pre, that's prereq. That's requirements you got to do before you can get into the class. Right. But when you turn over your entire recruiting department and, you know, uh, outline economic event, I feel like that's going to be inevitability. And so I really hope that rather than continuing to cycle along with the economy, that, that we become a little bit more um, static and, you know, people stick around so that we can get a little bit more accelerated than how do I negotiate an offer. Do you really so think, though, that uh, if in the next week, uh, next month or, or year, if we do have a slowdown, you use the term slowdown. Yeah. And I, I think the spigot can, goes on and off. I don't think it really slows down. No, I think you're right. I think that um, the worker types change. And I think that the, the, in, the hot industries change. So what's obviously triggering everyone talking, oh, my gosh, we're slowing down is tech, which is not a huge part of the GDP if you look at it. Uh, in terms of both percentage and jobs. Um, so yeah, I think there always will be demand, but to that point with the outlier of high volume hourly positions, which is a whole other widgetized world because it's more of a supply chain function than a TA function, honestly. But with that exception, I think that the skills uh, fundamentally need to be a recruiter or cross transferable. And so that's why I think, you know, um, I, I've always loved working for RPOs because uh, they kind of have hedged against that. If one client slows down, you can kind of move Fair on point. to another. And so I think that uh, as that total talent picture continues to solidify, because whereas that was very marketing, like here's the future, it has come to pass where, you know, the where you work and, and your employment type doesn't really so much matter uh, as it used to. And so I think that being able to combine, let's say, the agency recruiting skill of being able to land project workers quickly, um, combining that with like the in-house functionality. Um, if you just mm -hmm. kind of look at both the MSP and, and in-house world, um, they're coming together really quickly. And so, yes, I do always think that there will be a demand. Um, and I think that that will be offset on the tech side, probably by the platform plays, which continue to grow. Cool. Interesting. Well, look, Matt, you're on the road. Jerry just got back uh, from Unleash. 
I did not. I'm in the middle of migrate. Like as, as you could probably see, my office is a mess. So I'm still in the middle of being a homeowner and a mover again. Uh, so I'm not on the road yet. So I've got FOMO between the two of you. I'm literally, like, I'm literally between the two of you. Uh, you're both on the road. What what am I missing out there? If I if I haven't hit the road yet and jumped into, back into the event scene yet, what what what's going on out there? What what do I have FOMO about? Well, I mean, Jerry was at uh, Unleashed last week, so he could probably yeah. answer that better because I think that, that that's been a really big event uh, comparative to what we've seen. Uh, but for me, even the most pedestrian of events, um, which is to say, like, I went to Sion, something that I would never have gone oh to in the past. Yeah, right, Jerry? Um, which, by the way, very, very interesting because they're talking about the exact same issues, but at a completely different level. Sure, um, they're I, all PhDs, so they're going to talk at a very uh, unusual articulation of that. It's the only time I've ever like sat there and, and known the subject and it just being like over my head. Um, what I thought was particularly interesting is they presented scientific papers, and most of them were people getting in front of an audience, a huge audience, uh, going through their methodology, admitting it didn't work, and then sitting back down. I'm like, that is the antithesis of what we consider about leadership, right? Um, but even at an event like that, um, I, I think that the material probably pretty consistent. If I, I went to the mega transaction, would have been identical to what you would have seen at probably an Unleash or Sherm or Name Your Show. Just with more it, charts. Just with more, exactly. you know, yeah. just with more charts and more mapping, uh, like scenario mapping which uh, in 52 page handouts in a lot of cases I have one that I've been writing on the margins of ever since. Um, but uh, one of the things that I just think you do see is this overlap of um, specializations mm -hmm. because almost all the content for this IO conference was TA. And I start seeing TA conferences starting to have a lot more generalist talent management stuff when you look at like mobility, diversity, certainly. Um, and so I, I do see this interesting bleeding through. But, but I think most importantly is I don't learn anything. And again, uh, apologies, the, this being the medium. Um, I don't learn all that much when I'm not able to like interact, ask follow-up questions, have those collisions you know, in the hallways or outside uh, or at Jerry's infamous dinners. Um, so for me, like, it's less about content. It's less about like, oh, I'm staying on the cutting edge. And it's just now at this point more about getting some of that face-to-face -face time and having informal conversations, which is something I desperately miss because no uh, TA leader is ever going to tell me what's actually happening in a setting like this. You know what I mean? The nuance that, whether it be a dinner or just a side conversation, the nuance of what you're hearing, I think, is, is really where the true learning is. And if I go to a session, what I end up learning is from the audience. I can watch the audience and see how they're responding to the content that's being curated by the person on stage. And that tells me a huge amount of whether or not there's a whole new group of people who have to be taught this thing over and over and over again, or whether whether there's some ability to absorb more complex uh, ways of looking at things. I, you know. and, and then we have the push, which is how many people stand up with an iPad and take a picture of the slide. Right. <laughs> I could really go either direction. Oh, my God. I forgot about those people. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just saying the other thing that I miss, obviously, is hashtag trolling, but, um, you know, yeah, back channel chatter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Back back row of the conference. I, You know what I do miss is kind of interesting, you know, about if you've been doing it long enough, I think, and you're at a conference or a session, I think in the first 
seven minutes, maybe you can decide if you're going to hang out for the rest of the session. You know, you, you know, and, and when you do make it to the end of the session, it's interesting to see if it resonated by how many people get up and go up to talk to the speaker. Like, is there a quick line to say, you just shook my world or how do I get more of this or, you know, that kind of thing. And I do miss that. I don't know if barometer is the right word, but I, I do right. sort of miss that gauge of engagement. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also the gauge of engagement being how many people um, actually take advantage of the follow up with us kind of mm -hmm. kind of slides, certainly as a speaker. That's my gauge as to whether material hits or not is do people take advantage of the five minute Q&A in which my contact information is splashed across the page, you know? Yeah, yeah it's different virtually. It's different. It sure is. Uh, okay, so we're coming up on time, but I want to ask you, you've got an upcoming chat, I think, with Danny Monahan. Now, for those who don't know, she is the VP of TA at Google Cloud now. She's former yeah, Uber, Uber. We actually already had that, by the way. So oh, did you? I thought it was coming up. No, that recording's done, and then I just had one with the, the head of town acquisition, indeed. Um, we'll be having a bunch more um, uh, coming up uh, in various events, but right now, um, I believe Danny will be uh, one of our keynote speakers at the Inspire event in Nashville, which is our next in-person. Um, but yeah, uh, what I would say is if you, A, want certification credits, but more importantly, want good TA content, we do at least four webinars a week or virtual events. We also have a huge training library. And between that, uh, I also get to do um, a lot of recordings and interviews with TA leaders. So much like you, but on much more the content, less facilitated conversation side, I'm, I'm having those conversations all the time. And yes, Danny just uh, started at Google. And as it turns out, they have uh, pretty tight brand protections. So um, if we mention this against those, I, I apologize. Here, I'm going to throw a little HR.com link. I don't know that the label needs a link, but the HR.com <laughs> link, I put it in the chat. We've got some folks in there. Uh, but uh, so sorry, I missed it. I thought it was actually upcoming because she was going to talk about the tech. Is there a way if I go out to HR.com, is there a way that I can actually watch the recorded webinar map? There, there is. And, and, and so if you go to the, the virtual event section, you'll be able to find an archive for all of our recordings. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on there um, that uh, even I have missed coming into the company. So I'd say my first two months were spent looking at archived recordings just because I didn't know they were there. Well, Few people would know that uh, Matt's key connection to Danielle is is from Cuba. Actually, Jerry, you want to hear a much more interesting story about my connection with Danielle? Well, yes, we do. Okay. So <laughs> when I was, back when I was a recruiter and one of the few people who was doing what we now call social recruiting and employer branding at the time was me being lazy and knowing how to use Google, um, Michael Monahan, her son, contacted me and said, and he's a random kid, but I happen to call him back and, and goes, can you tell me how SEO for jobs works? And I said, I don't know, but here's what I think. And uh, as a result, he built a company, like a startup um, yep. that was along with first to do that. And through that, I actually met Danielle. So that was, that was, that was round number two. I love it. Fantastic. So. Well, okay, so Matt, let me ask you, we got a new question we've been asking folks uh, before we wrap up the podcast. Sure. If you published a book today about what you're seeing in our space today, what mm -hmm. would the title of that book be? Oh, man, I'm a copywriter. So this is going to be a hard thing to improv because I want to screw with the words. Uh, I think it would be called How Hiring Works because I, I think that there's this weird disconnect. I read a lot of consumer media 
around the job and career space, obviously. And, and the oh. disconnect between what people who aren't on the inside perceive is what goes on behind Oz's curtain and um, what we know happens is so huge. And I don't know why there's uh, so much mystery around it. But at the same time, I really do think that uh, fundamentally, the average person does not have an understanding of how the fundamentals of getting a job work in today's economy. How hiring really works. How hiring really yeah. works. How it really would, works. would kind of be. I, I'd like to write a chapter of that. Deal. I'll do and the then, forward. Can I do the forward? Uh, Capelli's already offered to, but you can get the afterward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then the big question becomes, Matt, who gets the first signed copy and what do you write in it? Uh, honestly, I think uh, Eric Weingarten would have to get the first signed copy. <laughs> really? Uh, I can't think of anyone who has been as transformative of my understanding of that topic or my career, even though obviously we're not as close in touch. Um, I still consider him to probably be my primary mentor in terms of understanding the space and how to treat both recruiters and candidates. How cool is that? That's that really interesting. Cool. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, we should probably get him on the show. He's still in the space. He's still around. He still does stuff. Around. There's no crazy conferences. He's, al but he's, he's alive. alive. That's all that counts. <laughs> well, I got to yes. tell you, Matt, you, you got people telling you to write the book. It's coming in the chat. Praise. <laughs> all right. Well, I tell you what. Um, as soon as I get through this white paper that was due on Friday, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start it on that. But it, it is something that I've already gotten a publisher to agree to do and written the outline and everything. So it's just a matter of time. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for giving us some time uh, and joining us. Jerry, always, Jerry and I always love to catch up with you. So I'm glad you were actually able to make it today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And uh, it was a good kickstart to the week. Yeah, good stuff. Well, hang out in the green room for a minute. Jerry and I are going to circle back to you. I just want to share with everybody else what's next. All right. So later this week, Jerry and I have invited Tara Doyle. She's the head of talent at Roche to join us for a special broadcast. It's called a CXR Uncorked. Now, that is, if you haven't listened to those before, uh, that, and this one you're going to be able to watch. It's where we sit down, each of us with a bottle of wine remotely, and just talk. It's sort of like drunk history, but for recruiting. Uh, so don't miss that. That's this Friday afternoon. It's around drive time. Uh, if you're still driving, I don't know. Uh, but you can also grab it later, the recording out there at cxr.org slash podcast. Now, next week also, we're bringing in uh, one of our favorites, Madeline Loreno. She is the founder and CEO of Aptitude Research. She is going to talk with us about TA tech trends within the world of recruiting. And on June 9th, uh, I am happy to welcome, we mentioned it before, but he's coming up, Ravi Tandra. He is the CEO uh, and founder of Proven Base, and he's going to conduct what we call a solutions spotlight demo. Uh, that is a, a open conversation with some of our members. And lastly, June 15th, uh, we're actually conducting our Q2 EMEA community meeting, and that is a great opportunity for members to strengthen their networks. Uh, and discuss regional challenges and key resources within those markets. All of this and more, obviously, at CXR.works slash events. And if you haven't figured it out yet, we don't get paid to do these. Uh, we don't have any sponsors or ads. Nobody gets paid uh, to sort of be part of the show. But what does help us along is that if you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe and share button uh, on your favorite streaming service. We're on nearly all of them, uh, as well as regularly here on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, and that just lets us know you're enjoying the content and that we should keep plugging along and plug along we do. So until next week, have a wonderful week, everybody. And we will absolutely 100% see you next time. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,